Okay, we want to welcome you to our new sermon series. It's a sermon series on Mark's gospel. And I hope that in this sermon series, you'll come to appreciate Mark's gospel. It is, it is rich, it is unique, it is wonderful. Uh, you'll notice the sermon title for this week is, and for this series is Immediately the Urgency of Jesus. And probably that word typifies Mark's gospel more than any other, immediately. You know, it moves with a breathless intensity and pace. Uh, Mark moves quickly. You don't get this, this birth narrative like Luke gives us with angels and shepherds and everybody coming to worship the baby and singing songs of glory. You don't get that. You, you don't get, like Matthew's gospel, this, this rich genealogy of who are Jesus's kin? Who are kin folks? And, and, and how you need to give the credentials to Jewish people before they'll listen about, about a Jewish Messiah. You don't get any genealogy there. No. Mark begins in the waters of baptism. Mark begins with John baptizing Jesus, the holy the God speaking as a dove come down from heaven and says, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Immediately Jesus does that. And before his hair can drip dry out of the waters of baptism, Mark says immediately he's driven out into the wilderness to be tempted of Satan for 40 days and 40 nights. Friends, it takes 14 verses in Mark's gospel to get to the public ministry of Jesus Christ. You think he moves with some urgency? I think so. You don't get a lot of long preaching sermons like Matthew gives us. But what you get is a lot of action and movement. So Mark unfolds quickly and powerfully. And I think he does that because he's been hanging out with Peter and he's gotten a gospel message that sinners desperately need to hear. He wants to penetrate our hearts with the good news of God in Christ. That God even now is doing a new work in Jesus. And he wants to penetrate us with that. And I see some evidences of that. In chapter one today, uh, a man is, uh, has an evil spirit, and Jesus casts the evil spirit out, and everybody is amazed, and they're chit-chatting, and they say, what is this? What is this new teaching with authority? Jesus came to do a new thing amongst the people. And in verse 22, he does another thing, and Pharisees get all mad and everything, and Jesus comes back and says, you don't put new wine into old wineskins. If you do, the new wine's going to burst the skins, and you're going to ruin the wine skins and the wine. He said, if you're going to bring new wine, you need fresh new wine skins. What is this new thing? What is this new authority come to the earth? What are these new wine, the new wine skins that he's talking about? Change. Change. The people didn't like it very much. The Pharisees didn't like it very much. In fact, in the first chapter, everybody's amazed at every, all the works of Jesus. They're, they're on board with that. But when the Pharisees hear the word change, new wine, new wineskins, they get offended. And we don't like it either, do we? How many Anglicans does it take to, to replace a light bulb? It takes one, only one. And the other nine sit over there and say, oh, how I love the old light bulb so much better. <laughs> People don't like change, no. And, and there, there are three progressions today as we walk through Mark chapter 2, and we see See this relationship between Jesus and the Pharisees uh, rubbing against one another. Uh, one is the immediacy of the message that Mark brings us about the gospel of Christ. Secondly, the immediacy of the lordship of Jesus. And thirdly, the immediacy of our reception of the message of God through Christ. 
So let's look at chapter 2, verse 23. That's where we'll start. Mark says, one Sabbath. One Sabbath. Now, what is the Sabbath? Uh, It was, of course, a day of rest. It was established by God in Genesis chapter 1. Remember, God didn't need to rest, but on the seventh day, he rested. He, He looked back over the good creation. He created this wonderful earth and all the people and everything that's in it, and he said, this is very good. And he took some time to to just bask in the glory of a job well done. He's just basking in his glory. He didn't need to rest, but he set a pattern up. And and the pattern was for us to refresh and renew ourselves and to look back at Thanksgiving upon the week we just completed and thank God for a job well done. God even commanded it. You read it today in Deuteronomy, again in in Exodus, one of the big ten, keep the commandments. You have a commandment that that you're to keep the Sabbath and keep it holy. And on the seventh day, this is the Lord's day. You'll not do any work. Read verse 23 again. What are these disciples doing? One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. Now we assume that they're hungry and they're fulfilling a need. Verse 24. And the Pharisees were saying to him, look, Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? In other words, they're supposed to be resting, and they're working. They're breaking God's law. They're not following the rules at all, Jesus. What are you doing? Call them out. You see, Mark's bringing up that tension that we'll see throughout the gospel between the old thing, religion, and the new thing, Jesus, the new wine and the new wineskins. Now, in verse 25 and 26, Jesus begins to kind of defend his disciples. He said, you remember David, the king, when he was in the house of the Lord before the temple? Well, one day he was in there and he was hungry too. And they had the show bread that was ceremonial that no one was supposed to eat. But because he was hungry and his friends were hungry, he took the bread and he ate it and he gave it to his friends. Their hunger and their nourishment was more important to God than all the tiny rules of the ceremonies that they had created. Sometimes there's a greater issue with God, not found in rule-keeping, but in justice and mercy and love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. and Love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus says. I wonder if he didn't broaden the idea of the law in order to make sure we don't get so caught up in the minute details. The Pharisees, of course, were religious scholars. They were meant to parse the law and to draw circles around God insiders and outsiders, righteous and unrighteous, holy and unholy, based on your attention to details. By the time of Jesus, there were 39 prohibitions on the Sabbath day, things you couldn't do. By the time of Jesus, there were 613 commandments, some positive, do these things, some negative, don't do these things. The law is a heavy burden. Not only that, But you had commentaries on the law. Uh, You know, how many feet can I walk on the Sabbath day? Well, let's talk about it and make another rule about it. If my ox falls in a ditch on the Sabbath day, do I have to let it lie there and die? Or can I do something that's not work? Well, let's talk about it. Let's make another rule about it. So you had man-made rules and God-made rules and rules, rules, rules. And Jesus comes on the scene, and they think he's an outlaw, an outlaw. In fact, he begins to heal people on the Sabbath, and that makes them really mad. And then his disciples begin to pluck grain for their hunger on the Sabbath, and that makes them even, even more mad. So what's the message? The message is that 
They were frightened because they were in legalism. And Jesus was bringing new wine in a new wineskins, a new teaching with great authority. In fact, he says it's best in Matthew 11. Uh, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Take my yoke upon you, not the yoke of the Pharisees and their legalism, and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, Jesus says, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come and follow me. Don't follow the rules, follow me. The rules will enslave you. I want to free you. Jesus is bringing new wine into new wineskins. Now, let me tell you this, and please get this. Christianity is not a religion, not a religion. It's a relationship with a living Lord. Please hear that. Religion says you are acceptable when you follow the rules, and that, that's what makes you right with God. Christ says you're acceptable in me. When you began to come and follow me and begin to have a relationship with me, you are acceptable to God. Come and follow. Jesus even begins to get in trouble in Mark's gospel when he calls a guy named Levi. Levi is also named Matthew, one of the scum of the earth. He's a tax collector. He was the most hated person in the culture probably. And what does he say to Levi? Come, follow me. I want you to be one of my disciples New wine, new wineskins, not religion, but a relationship. That was the message that was so offensive. So here's a side note for you. If you got a friend, family member, you've invited them to church, and they've pushed back on you and said, well, I'm not a religious person, you go out there and tell them, well, I'm not a religious person either. In fact, I don't even like religion with all of its rules and everything. But what I'm inviting you to is not to a religion, but to explore a relationship with Jesus. Love your Lord, your God, with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus began to draw large circles to embrace sinners of all backgrounds, not small circles of legalism to exclude people from a relationship with God. New wine, new wineskins. Now, Jesus didn't undo the law. He said, you know, he would have been fine. Don't commit adultery. Don't do that because it ruins families and it ruins marriages. Don't commit murder, Jesus would say, because God's not a God of violence. And he's a God of life. He doesn't want us to harm one another. So the law is still in use because it's a picture of, of how God wants us to relate in harmony to him and to one another. So it's meant for our good. And you see that in verses 27. He said to them, the Pharisees that day, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. If you think the, the Ten Commandments were all about rule-breaking and rule-keeping, you've missed it. It was a picture of God's wish, or God's uh, wanting us to live in harmony with him and one another. But we don't worship the law. We worship the beauty of the God behind the law. Not religion, but relationship. Remember the law says, be good and you'll be acceptable to God? Christ says, come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest I'll make you accepted in God. You see the difference? Second thing, the immediacy of the lordship. The, you remember religion versus relationship? This is do versus done. Do versus done. You know, religion says do these things and you'll be acceptable to God. Be a good Christian. How many people have said that or heard people say that? I'm just trying to be a good Christian. If you're trying to be a good Christian, you're a Pharisee. 
You, can't, you don't try your way to, to God. That's the whole point. You've missed the point. It's done for you. Jesus paid your penalty. He, he took away your guilt. He covers you with his righteousness. He's already done that. That's what the statement before he gave up his ghost was about. It is finished. It's done. And you see, once you get to, from do to done, you can have a true Sabbath rest for your soul. You know, certainly Jesus' teaching is about Sabbath. We should take a day to look at our week, give God thanks, to, to give God thanks for all the blessings of our lives, to refresh and recharge our souls, yes. But there's a deeper rest. You know, if you go into deep sleep, it's called REM sleep. Jesus says that I am REM sleep for your souls. Look at verse 28. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I bring Sabbath rest to your souls because I've done all the work for you. Jesus came on the scene in Mark's gospel and started forgiving people. The paralytic, he said, rise, take up your pallet and walk, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisee says, what are you doing? Only God can forgive sins. And the whole point was, Jesus is God in the flesh. He's the Lord even of the Sabbath. So religion, it draws tiny little circles around folks to say that you're outside, we're inside, we're holy, you're not. A relationship draws a large circle. It wants to embrace everybody and bring them in through a person, through Jesus himself. So Matthew chapter 9 same sort of controversy in Matthew's gospel that we find in Luke. Jesus tells these Pharisees, go learn what this means in the Bible. I desire mercy, God says, not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. Jesus is about a relationship. In him we can have Sabbath rest. And so I just want to challenge you today um, uh, to understand the difference that when you come to him, his yoke is easy, his burden is light. His message to sinners is just come and follow me. It's a relationship, not a religion. His message is not do and try and work. It's it's been done. And now live in joyful obedience to the Lord your God, who's already paved the way for your salvation. The gospel releases us from two errors. You see, if you're doing religion and you're doing well this week, then you're going to get puffed up in pride. You're going to say, I had a pretty good week. Look at all the good stuff I did. I rarely stumbled this whole entire week. And you're going to be prideful. God doesn't want that. And if you've done poorly this week and you stumbled a few times into sin, you're going to feel so inadequate, so unacceptable to God. He doesn't want that either. But that's what religion does. That's what doing your way to God does. But if you step back and say, all right, I had a good week. I'm going to look at that week on the Sabbath day. I'm going to give God the glory because he did it. I didn't. It's his Holy Spirit stirring in my soul that creates a, a sense that, 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 that there is sanctification going on in my heart. But God gets the glory, and I remain humble. And if you come to the week and you look back and you hadn't done very well, well, guess what? It's a relationship. He's not going to leave you. He'll say, pick yourself up. He'll say, repent, return to me. And I will give you grace, and I will cover your sin, and I'll cast it into the ocean as far as the east is from the west. Go learn what this means, Jesus says. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So do you know this Jesus 
Have you accepted his invitation to follow him as your Lord? Or have you come here today out of religion, out of a, a sense of, of that this service is somehow going to bring you to God because of the things that you do, not the things that was done in the person of Christ? Religion will never satisfy you, never give you Sabbath rest. It only comes through a Savior. Let us pray.